Welcome everyone to another episode of our Tech Experience Solutions Podcast brought to you by the team here at Connection. I'm your host, James Hilliard. In the spotlight today, asset tracking in the manufacturing space, what it is today, how it improves manufacturing and warehouse performance, and much more. That's all coming up. My guests today are Ryan Spur, Director of Manufacturing Strategy at Connection, and also here, Terry Price, Senior Sales Engineer at Zebra Technologies. Terry, someone says to me, asset tracking. My first thought, keep tabs to not lose stuff. Yes, I would venture to say that most customers are looking for a way to have more accountability on either high dollar assets or just run rate items that are inside of their warehouse. But it goes far beyond that. Uh, you know, with supply chain today, there is significant increase in, uh, in pressures across an, an entire production line throughout manufacturing and, the, and supply chain as a whole, upstream, downstream, uh, it really doesn't matter. And so they're looking for a way for further accountability of their own product through this manufacturing process. It's not just trying to find or not lose an asset. Ryan, do we find ourselves educating more around broadening this idea of asset tracking? Or are you seeing that, no, it's kind of been seeping into the manufacturing space over the last couple of years. I don't have to do as much anymore of the education. It's kind of already there. Yeah, yeah yes and no. I think you know what we're seeing is a, many more challenges in the manufacturing industry, and a lot of these are pressures that were brought about through COVID and continue to persist. We have a lot of workforce shortages and turnover and other challenges that are requiring organizations to think differently about people, process, and technology. Uh, and you know, this is you know, this is sort of driving uh, a desire to learn or a desire to be curious about the different technologies for you know RTLS and. I think people are coming prepared to talk about their unique use cases and how they'd like to solve problems. And I think this goes into a lot of different areas. Like Terry was saying, it isn't just about sort of traditional high value assets anymore. It could be where we're wasting uh, transactions or we have process inefficiency that costs our business money or we have gaps in resources. And so this is just sort of driving uh, driving manufacturers and driving the industry to think differently about how what an asset means and what we track. And this could be anything, right? It could be uh, material, it could be finished goods, but it could also be computers, it could be people, it could be vehicles uh, within a facility. So we're, we're just wildly, you know, approaching this differently than we've ever done before. And then let's dive in a little bit deeper here, Ryan, the, the challenges then, right? People are acknowledging, okay, we, we can expand a little bit and then we're doing our part, connection, educating, working with partners like Zebra, educating, saying, hey, there's so much more you can do and value can get out of it. Where are customers saying, this is our challenge in this space? This is where we're not quite sure. We don't have the vision. We don't quite see it how you guys might be seeing it. You know, tell us more. So where are they saying they've got some challenges, Ryan? Well, I mean, we, we still have the same challenges we've always had, right? And those are what Terry was talking about, um, supply chain, logistics, warehouse operations. You know, we continue to look for productivity improvements in these spaces. It's really important. And this is really just about making sure we have timely data collection at all these different points in the process, making sure that we have accurate 
information as we go through the process, right? We want to make sure that we're shipping the right products to the right customer and that these things are actually being transacted effectively and back into our corporate business systems. So that's really important and continues to be a focus. I think where we start to see uh, where we can use this technology starts to be, it starts to cross over into other uh, challenges organizations might have, such as uh, workplace safety. You know, how do we start to track people in new and different ways? Not not to track them and, and have sort of a big brother mentality, but how do we keep people safe? Or how do we look at trends that make people uh, more efficient in their facilities? Um, we're also starting to see people wanting to track uh, product through the process. And this can be really to drive efficiencies in that process. So, for example, um, it's less about, um, you know, maybe tracking um every detail, but saying, hey, I want, when this product goes through this particular choke point, I want to automate transactions. And this uh, releases burden on the workforce, makes them more efficient. We get more visibility into the flow of material through our processes, and this makes us efficient. So there are, these are some of the ways that we're seeing it. We're also starting to see, um, you know, sort of primes like a Walmart or Amazon start to impose new contract requirements into their suppliers, right? So um, uh, we're starting to see um, sort of how we provide automated asset uh, visibility from shipment all the way through to the customer being uh, another focus for for um, for the industry as well. And Terry, is that kind of playing off? I'm going to take a little little tie from a recent conversation with our retailing team where they were talking about inventory tracking to make sure, right, that they'd have enough product being on the shelves and all that. In terms of manufacturing, we got to know that there are enough widgets back a house that can feed them the manufacturing process, right, to get in. That's one aspect of the asset tracking that seems to be expanding. What else and where else then are, uh, you know, ultimately manufacturers saying, this is where we'd like to see if we can explore and learn more and gain more insights. Yes, I mean, that's, and that's a really good point. I think that there are uh, exceedingly more manufacturing facilities who are going through and acquiring uh, sensing and acting components, okay, be it analytics uh, or analytical solutions to improve not only real-time visibility into their raw materials and the process of making a finished product, but they're also trying to, at the same time, improve worker productivity. So not only do you have the material going through the process itself, but it depends on how efficient those lines are going to be based on employee productivity. And so by increasing some of those, uh, some of those areas where uh, they can become more efficient, they become more effective, then your output of a quality product is going to increase exponentially. And so looking at different types of solutions, it goes right from the raw materials through a finished product to include the workers who are going through that manufacturing process. Uh, so you want to not only have that real-time visibility into every aspect of your supply chain, which includes those raw materials, but your employees as well. And so you know, worker productivity, worker communication, safety, of those employees is paramount for these uh, for a lot of these new manufacturing facilities. I get the safety aspect and I think if I try and put a hat on as a manufacturing worker I think I can understand the concept. I don't think I'd be too offended. Like, okay, we're trying to put some things in here that might make it safer on the manufacturing floor, out on the loading dock, things like that. 
I also, though, am having that worker's hat on saying, but you're spying on me or you're you're watching me and I don't know if I like that. How is that concept being dealt with out there, Ryan? Is it a problem? Is it a concern? Is that just a red herring that it's really not much of a deal? And manufacturing safety is usually the number one objective, right? We want workers to return safely the next day because we rely on them. They need us. We need them to support the process. They're our number one asset. Um, So if we're using these technologies for the right reasons, that is to keep our workforce safe, um, we can apply this technology in different ways. And so, you know, think, think about, you know, if, if you know the, if you know who a person is, where they are, how you can integrate asset location to optimize the process. Like if an operator approaches a terminal, how do you know who they are and how do you activate access uh, and controls to a particular piece of equipment, whether it's a forklift or it's a, you know, a, a terminal in a factory. Um, we have zones oftentimes. So some people are authorized in certain zones and other zones, right? If we have high turnover uh, with our workforce, that means folks that aren't as seasoned or as well educated on all aspects of process and safety, you know, there's a potential that they could walk into a zone or an area of building that is unsafe for them, or they don't have the right qualifications uh, or might create, you know, trigger an OSHA event or any of these sorts of situations. So to be able to know that, A, this happened, to maybe alert the person or alert supervisors, right? It's all about reinforcing safety, making sure people understand why they shouldn't have done something. Um, or in the case of like mustering, for example, how do you know how people, you know, has everyone exited the building and the event uh, in a safety event, whether it's a chemical event or a fire or something like this? So, you know, the location... Uh, awareness of people and your most important asset for safety reasons can be really beneficial for organizations. And Terry, we're not doing a super hard deep dive on technology here, right? Thoughts here and giving uh, our, our listeners ideas to think about so that obviously we can further the conversations and see where they want to take themselves in 2023. But um, but briefly, on that tech front, what is it that Zebra is bringing that, that uh, again, just addressing a few of the items that, that uh, Ryan just brought up? Well, I, you know, Ryan did bring up a couple of really, really good points, and I just want to be able to piggyback on those before jumping into some technology. But, you know, you're looking at essentially two different aspects of, you know, I, I think employees are concerned about the big brother notion. Uh, you know, are they watching me? Are they looking, you know, they're looking that I'm doing my job. They're actually looking because of a safety element, and there's two, there's really two different ways that the data that's collected can be driven. There's there's worker-driven or transactional data, uh, and then there's sensor-driven data, and that's you know going to be real-time workflow data, and that could be through the use of RFID. Uh, so you, you know an employee badge can have an embedded RFID chip in it, and as uh, you know, as they move through a facility, whether it's going to be a choke point, there could be an actionable trigger that or an event that would occur when someone walks through a threshold. Uh, if there's somebody's not supposed to go through an area, heavy manufacturing, maybe a process flow would stop if someone's card is detected that goes through a uh, through a sensor or through a threshold where they shouldn't be. Uh, you know, and then of course there's the, you know, the, the first aspect that I mentioned is the, uh, is worker driven transactional data. So a worker input is made where data is then collected to, to, to have that workflow continue. Uh, 
uh, within a manufacturing facility. I mean, I, you know, I think heavy manufacturing being automotive or steel manufacturing, uh, you know, and it could be any number of things where safety is, uh, you know, priority number one. Uh, there are so many different aspects inside of a manufacturing facility where they need to ensure that there is, uh, that there is safety beyond anything else um, when it comes down to, uh, you know, to providing a product. Yeah, and I think about uh, pharmaceutical, I think about chemical, I think about that as well. Because again, what if someone doesn't have the right safety gear or, and uh, you know, help me out here, but I'm also thinking, okay, well, what if I do have the right safety gear, but what if that filter in my respirator is not primed correctly or or something's wrong with it? Can there be an alert saying, no, 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 we're not going to let James in that door because we've detected something going on. Are those kind of, Ryan, some of the, the, the future possibilities? Is that where people are working today to, to increase that safety in, in those specific areas? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, traceability and compliance and safety are all important things. So, you know, you know, in addition to safety, you know, I'll just give you another example. Some, you know, you know, some industries are heavily required to trace what's consumed and used for different reasons, whether it's to understand um, how how something as simple as like an adhesive or an epoxy was used in the manufacturing of of a vehicle or or jet or something that's critical uh, you know, for example, like, you know, defense products or, um, something like, G, you know, GCMP in terms of pharmaceutical industry. So, you know, it's important that we're keeping track of what we're using. And if you know, use the example of an adhesive, for example, um, you know, there, there's something to be said for, you know, if, if an adhesive passes a particular compliance date, like it's no longer good and that product is still out on the floor, that's a problem because that creates a risk or an opportunity for an operator to take an adhesive or, or, or something that goes into the process um, and must be compliant and, and traceable. And now we've just used something that's non-compliant in the process. So, you know, think about just these are some of the unique ways that people are thinking differently about tracking solutions. The idea that, you know, to be able to say, hey, these are five products that expire today. They should no longer be used in the facility. Where are they? So we can go collect them, replace them with a compliant, you know, item. So, there's just a lot of different creative ways and it really just comes down to your unique business, your unique challenges, where risk lies and what you value and how tracking can can sort of dovetail into improving that process or, or making the, the, the process more efficient. Terry, before the old internet days, I used to do real live terrestrial radio. And sometimes I would ask a question like I asked you about some technologies and then I'd get caught up in something. I'd move along. And what would happen is a listener would immediately call and say, hey, James, you didn't get to that technology piece. Guess what? I remembered. I didn't forget about Terry there. So, Terry, let's take a quick moment because I do want to talk about data and some other things. Get people thinking about, again, what we can do in this current year and in ways we could be utilizing data for increasing that ROI and all that stuff. But back to the technology for a quick moment, what are some of the things, uh, the technologies from Zebra that uh, folks can be exploring? And again, I'll give folks a Vanity URL in a little bit to give you access to some Zebra tech over at Connections you can learn more about. But what are some things within this area that are uh, on the cutting edge that, that uh, manufacturers are thinking about and, and utilizing today? Ruggedability is the first thing that comes to mind, uh, and that is the forefront of what we do at Zebra. Uh, everything that we have in our in our 
in our entire portfolio essentially uh, is rugged. It's designed for the enterprise. Uh, so whether that is going to be a rugged mobile computer or a dedicated rugged uh, barcode scanner. Uh, I mentioned RFID earlier. We have a full suite of RFID products uh, that range anywhere from the from the RFID tag itself to fixed readers, mobile readers, uh, and and then being able to work on and with many of the industry leading applications that are in the space. Um, ergonomics is a big part of what we do and the way we design our products is to ensure that users don't get fatigued during uh, during a long shift. And whether that shift is eight or 12 hours, whatever it may be, um, it, it's a matter of of, dis- purposely, of purpose designed equipment that can help that workflow and help the efficiencies of uh, of a user. And so by leveraging what we have in our portfolio that goes uh, be far beyond just what we're doing from a, uh, from a manufacturer uh, as Zebra, it can help in so many different instances on why our products are designed the way they are. And it's because it is going to be something that's going to increase efficiencies and, uh, and help essentially with uh, uh, making a end user or the, the, end, the user themselves that hold that device uh, the most efficient that possibly can be. Ryan, I wanted to take time uh, during this chat to talk a little bit about this year, 2023. And maybe it's a little crystal ball action from you, Ryan, but it's when we get to the end of this year, what do you hope that you might be able to look back upon and say, these were some of the big strides within manufacturing tied to asset tracking. This is an area where adoption did grow because of the fact that we were finally just kind of ready for prime time here. We got through, you know, understanding how to one collect data. We got an understanding of where to store it and not to be so redundant and, and jamming up our servers and everything with uh, you know loads and loads of data that we just didn't know what to do with. And uh, but but what are you going to hopefully look back and say, you know what, we did this well, the manufacturing space did this well, we have grown because of some of the asset tracking opportunities and, 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 and the like. I think um, you're talking about what we can do today, what's practical, right, and how we should be progressing past the practical and eventually to to the more complex use cases that maybe we've talked about in this session. I think. You know, when we, you know, one of the things that's really practical and has real tangible ROI is around just traditional asset management. Um, and I, when I think of that, I think something as simple as, say, computers. Um, and this, this, you know, or capital assets, right? These are two things that are really common. And when you get, especially in enterprise or publicly traded organizations that have to adhere to something like Sarbanes-Oxley, right? There, there is a compliance requirement to track these things, to, to correlate them, um, um, to to, um, to your records um, and make sure that you can hold up to an audit. And these things are expensive to keep track of, right? And so if you think of if we have to do a Sarbanes-Oxley audit or we have to make sure that um, we actually have all these capital assets on hand and they correlate to our balance sheets, right? That's an obligation that we have to do. And if wh- whenever you have to go do something as simple as make sure that do you have all these, you know, engineering uh, desktops in your possession and where, right? And do they match up what you have on your balance sheets or or, or your uh, capital management uh, um, process? You know, you have to usually uh, invoke a whole army of people to go chase these down and say, you know, do they exist? 
Um, where are they? You know, and, and a lot of organizations still today will just take, you know, people from IT to the business to high paid, you know, salaried workers. And they're literally going around in facilities and just sticking stickers on like we we found this one. Here's this device. And they're they're putting that on worksheets. And this is a good example of what Terry was talking about. Right. I mean, the idea that we know what assets we should possess. We think we know where they are, but then we have to go invoke this manual process. Imagine or think differently today about how you could just tag those with, um, you know, asset tags and then to be able to know where they are. They're in this building or they're in this particular area. Um, And then you can correlate that very quickly and your CFO and your capital asset management teams can just know, hey, you know, 99% of our capital assets are in our possession and match our balance sheets. And Terry, then line of business leaders aren't running the old school sneaker network, stickers on devices, finding stuff. They can actually sit there and probably do what they were hired and paid to do. Think about, well, what could we do to improve the manufacturing process? What is something new that we could manufacture? What's something that we can add to what we're already doing? How do we act upon feedback that we got from our customers that want something better, right? That all of a sudden starts turning into that ROI, that growth of our business. Yeah, it's, I mean, sky's the limit, right? So, you know, when it, when some Somebody goes in and they finally have that aha moment. They go through and say, what else can we do now that we've got a, uh, a, a better handle of our asset tracking? What is our next strategy? And whether that comes from an operational strategy or an IT strategy, how can we be the most effective and the most efficient we possibly can in our in our environment, again, delivering a, a product. And so, you know, I think those next questions could be, you know, what, what do we as a manufacturer, uh, what do we need to achieve? What do we need to achieve those, uh, you know, a mobile strategy? And that mobile strategy comes with tracking those assets. Well, how do you track those assets? We get customers all the time. I'm on the phone a lot with, with connection account managers where a customer doesn't even know where to start. And so that's where we start, you know, developing a relationship and getting them to think about what their current workflow is. And, you know, going back to the sneaker net, that's a, you know, it's a, it's a funny, a uh, funny comment, but it's true. So many times people are, you know, they're running around crazy trying to figure out where their assets are and they're like okay well i got 85 percent of my assets accounted for i guess that's okay well you're leaving off potentially millions of dollars in revenue that could be seen before year end if you're not accounting to a hundred percent of your assets and then rethink workflow strategies uh you know look at different use cases that other customers are using maybe even competitors how are they utilizing uh technology today to be their most efficient self possible um you know examining the the data the capture uh the data capture aspect how efficient are you doing that and by adding technology by adding barcodes by adding rfid you're adding another element of uh, of visibility in real time to everything that you have in your warehouse. And then from there, you start looking at platforming, which makes things a little bit more simple. Then you start, you know, you're starting now to increase efficiencies, which then allows you to find better ways to do things as, you know, from a holistic approach 
and even then saying, okay, what else can we do now? Um, and again, you know, going back to that safety piece, now that all of my employees are safe, they understand the process, they've got technology in their hands that helps them do their job even better. What else can we do as a manufacturer? Last real idea that I want to be able to chew on here for a couple of minutes with you guys is sometimes data, I'm going to keep it to a, a clean family program here, but sometimes data is seen as a four letter word because there's just a lot of it. And it's been coming at us fast and furious. I alluded to earlier that we've tried to uh, kind of clean up how we address the data that we're collecting now and what, what organizations are looking for, all organizations, manufacturers as well, is they're looking to get some valuable insight from the data. And again, I think we've done within uh, the technology space, done a good job of kind of clarifying and, and understanding that, uh, you know, we can simplify where the data gets stored, how it gets stored, make sure it's secure and all that. But it's getting those insights. And a lot of teams are now trying to allow the average, and I mean average in terms of not a full-blown data scientist, but an average person, someone like me, to actually look into the data find some insights, act upon those. So my question for you guys, Ryan, I'll start with you. For teams that are saying, yes, we're there. We know that we want to automate more. We know we can you know, use asset tracking uh, to do a better job, to get more insights from our data. What is their next step? What do they start doing then to get the actionable items out of their data? And again, have the average worker working upon that, not just a dedicated data scientist that might be a couple steps removed from actually what needs to be decided upon. There are so many different ways to approach this. I think I'll just build out what, what we were starting to talk about, which is wasteful process and unnecessary transactions, right? I think oftentimes that's where we have the biggest return on our investment. You know, one way to think about it is what's a simple way that we can integrate that data with existing systems and drive automation, um, and, you know, one of the things, the, the way I usually like to think about it, and this is probably just my background, is to, you know, first you kind of have to baseline what you do today, right? And is it efficient? You know, is it good? Is it bad? How do you compare it? Um, and then you want to start to tweak the process and you want to start to maybe, uh, because you are integrating that data with, say, business systems and you're starting to automate steps, you can start to see how um, those, those improvements, right, those continuous improvements are actually affecting the process for, for better. Um, and a good example would be like ITSM, right? So when we think about tickets, right, we, we usually know, like we can parade about, you know, in IT, you know, which tickets cost us, do we spend the most time on, right? That costs us the most money. Um, you know, we start to, one of the things we oftentimes forget about is there's like hidden transactions, transactions that aren't actually done in particular steps. Like, for example, like when does, when does a computer get transitioned and handed off to IT, right, to be repaired or serviced? Um, when does that, you know, when does that IT person actually enter into the ITSM that they received it from the end user? Um, you know, when do they actually start repairing or troubleshooting it? Like where in the process is it? And so, you know, when we think about, you know, just something as simple as, you know, receiving back a, a, a computer from an end user and then the process that goes through all the way back to, uh, to the end user, right? Being able to track each of those steps and understand where we're spending our time and to give different people, different stakeholders, including the end user visibility, that's very empowering, right? Because now we can start to say, why are we spending so much time 
in this particular step? Why is it taking three weeks before we even start repairing the unit? And we can think differently about the process, start to affect change. But the other thing we can start to do is integrate that with systems like an ITSM so that we can actually start to, you know, streamline and automate steps that might be burdensome on any of these individuals, whether it's the end user, whether it's, you know, um, the, the service techs, you know, whoever. And Terry, the Zebra team, that's what y'all spend your days on, not just making these great rugged devices, but you think about those processes as well and in, in, in how you can enable folks to get more actionable items out of their data. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it comes really down to, you know, what we refer to as a sense, analyze and act type of workflow. And so it comes down to, uh, you know, potentially targeted uh, automated data capture. Uh, and whether that's going to be through a through an assembly line or a conveyor belt system or just, uh, you know, broad location awareness data. You know, we talked a little bit about that earlier with RFID uh, that turns into an uh, to that component of analyzing that next step. So, you know, real time data comes from functional areas. And so by then taking that, you can have an actionable insight into what's going on with any part of that manufacturing workflow. And that could be to, uh, you know, whether that's the integration piece and getting uh, greater asset visibility into what's going on with, uh, with the process or utilization thereof. Um, it could be a, you know, a connected worker, uh, you know, having greater productivity and optimizing workflow uh, components and conformity to where, a, uh, where an employee is supposed to be or is not supposed to be. Um, and then it really, you know, comes down to that predictive uh, and adaptive analytics where then based on that, those insights that a supervisor can see from the data that's been collected, analyzed, then they can make educated decisions about what's going on in their environment in real time and whether that is to you know shut down a productivity line or you know ramp something up to be able to have uh, a, a better understanding of what's going on with the raw materials and you know is this is this uh, assembly line going to shut down because we're running low uh, just to be able to have that sense analyze and act workflow seamlessly we want to be able to then integrate uh, because through motion works which is a middleware, we have the ability to then drive into lots of different applications, uh, one of which we've just recently announced is uh, our full integration with ServiceNow. And, you know, that, it, that brings up a really cool period because we now have the ability to have, uh, you know, it's just something that comes up, you know, quick into my head is, you know, IT. Um, Ryan, you'd mentioned about, uh, you know, about equipment, computer equipment. And so, you know, maybe as an IT workflow could be where they bring in a laptop into their, uh, into their repair center and through the simple use of an RFID threshold, uh, they walk through the door and that immediately opens up a ServiceNow ticket that then gives them to say, all right, now the clock has started. I need to start repairing this product, uh, whatever that may be, or by utilizing this connector uh, with ServiceNow, it gives uh, it gives the ability for integrated management 
of different assets and opens up a world of new workflow possibilities through MotionWorks. Uh, so there's you know a lot of different APIs, uh, reports, and uh, different uh, different mapping components that we can do, and I can all be sensed off of a, a single dashboard through MotionWorks. So there's you know there's that piece that really does improve the overall operational efficiencies of a manufacturing center. You know, I think real-time location solutions have evolved quite a bit. I think whether we're talking about passive, semi-passive, or active solutions, um, there are just so many different use cases that can be uh, addressed with RTLS. And I think what Terry was talking about is the concept of picking or bounding a particular use case that can deliver real value for your organization starting there, right? Thinking about how you can make immediate impact, but then taking all of that learning through that process. And then once you are successful implementing that bounded use case, then taking that and expanding that to thinking differently about every other process in your organization. And so whether you're an IT a leader thinking about how do you reduce tickets, how do you le- re- reduce transaction burden on your already overstressed workforce, whether you're trying to create more visibility into, as we kind of talked about, your ITSM or your workflow processes so that you can say, this is where we spend a lot of our time, this is where we need to invest, this is where we need to hire, right? Using data in a new insightful or automated fashion is really the future. And this is where RTLS can bring a lot of benefit. And as Terry so you know insightfully said, you know it can start with how do we better manage IT process? It could be in the factory, it could be in the warehouse, it could be in supply chain. But you know ultimately we have to start somewhere, and it's really about finding that particular use case that costs us a lot, or we can't find resources or people, and we want to we want to you know continuously improve. In that area, and then we can expand to so many different use cases because we've made that initial investment. But I, I would just give folks, you know, one 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 thing to think about differently with this technology. In manufacturing, we have this mindset that we have to have an immediate cost savings that justifies the original investment, right? And when we think about industrial 4.0 and and these sort of modern technologies, I want you to think longer term, right? It might that first use case may not have a full cost savings that um, outweighs the investment. But what we've talked about here in this session is that first investment is how we make it happen. We have to start somewhere. We have to have an organization understand that it's possible, that we can think differently about how we innovate and use RTLS to change our process and make our business better and to compete more effectively in the market. And we also have to understand that that second, third, fourth use case will start to create a compounded ROI that justifies the multi-year investment into this technology. So just, just think differently in terms of it's not just one use case that's going to make it. It's going to be all the other use cases and the learning and the benefit the organization is going to get over time. Well, Ryan, great place for us to kind of wrap things up. And I'll let you guys know that you did broaden my view of asset tracking uh, earlier. I said, hey keep tabs to not lose stuff. That's what I stated to Terry when we kicked off our chat. 
Y'all let me know that there is a whole lot more to it these days. We do appreciate the insights. Folks, hope you found some nuggets in the conversation as well. With that, again, we are going to wrap things up. So as always, a few closing reminders. One, if you want more information, reach out to the team over at Connection. If you already have an account team in place, then give them a jingle. As for our Tech Experience Solutions podcast, please like, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. On behalf of the Zebra team and all the folks at Connection, we want to thank you for joining us. Be well, and we do look forward to talking to you all down the road.